I love when God does things like that. I wrote on my calendar, like, I don't know, three weeks ago or so, uh, I was listening to this, this sermon, I think it was from Sean Bowles, uh, Lisa and I were listening to it together, and he was talking about the power of testimonies. And I'm just like, man, our heart is to hear so many more testimonies. I'm like, I'm not hearing enough testimonies of what God is doing, right? And I wrote on the calendar for this morning, I was like, I wrote down testimonies in big. And as I said, my week was getting closer. I was just like, I, haven't, I wasn't able to get anybody to share testimony this morning. I'm like, oh, my heart was breaking. Uh, so to have that come up, thank you so much. And just, again, the boldness, right? Because that takes courage, doesn't it, right? I don't think I would have been brave to like stand up and be like, I'm going to share this testimony, right? But it's so, so good. Uh, our heart is that this place would be a safe place. I'm going to talk about this later in my message, but... Amy and I, our heart is that this would be an open place, a safe place for people to come, right? And I love hearing those things. Yes, it opens the door. I have no idea what the person's going to say, right? It's kind of scary, isn't it? Be like, this person could say anything they wanted to. But God is good all the time, isn't he? You know? Uh, So thank you so much. Testimonies, let us know your testimonies because we want to hear more and more testimonies of what God is doing. Amen? I think that was my sermon already. I'd, I think we could just pray for each other now, right? And I can enjoy my water and <laughs> call it a day, right? And see what Holy Spirit does. I'm going to get you guys to stand up. Always. If you know me, we're up and down a lot. I don't like sitting down too long, too much. Um, I'm just going to get you guys to close your eyes. We're just going to go into ministry time already. No, I'm joking. We're going to pray, though. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing in this city. Father, I thank you for each and every person here this morning. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in their hearts this morning, Father. God, we just pray for an increase right now, Holy Spirit. Increase in what you're doing right now. So why don't you just extend your hands out to him. Just let the Holy Spirit just come and just fill you up this morning. Just let him wash away that tiredness throughout the week. Anything that you picked up throughout the week, we just command it to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Just come right now, Holy Spirit. During worship, this was maybe just me, but I feel like it's for somebody here. Uh, If you've been dealing with headaches, especially this past week, I want you to just put your hand on your head, and we just command right now for those headaches to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Any discomfort, especially on the right side of your neck, I command that pain to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your restoration this morning, God. Your presence, your breakthrough this morning, Holy Spirit. God, you are our healer, Father. You are our our Father, God. You love us so much. So I just pray, God, you would just keep coming this morning, Father. You just won't stop, God. You don't stop, Holy Spirit. We just pray for more and more and more. And everybody said, Amen. So if you have a headache this morning, check it for me. Does anybody have a headache this morning? Nobody has a headache this morning. That's good. All right. How are we doing? Uh Uh-oh. How are we doing? Are we good? God is good? Oh, man. I'm just so excited. I love being up here. Uh, I just, I love to see what Holy Spirit's going to do. So I got a lot of scripture to read this morning. Does everybody like scripture? If you don't say yes, I'm looking. I'm checking. All right, I'm checking. If you don't say yes, I'm checking. 
All right, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to give you a chance to open it up here. 1 Corinthians 12. For me, I forget how long I've been a Christian. How long have I been a Christian, Amy? Like 15 years or so? So growing up, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and you know, there's, there's certain Bible stories, right, that, that everybody knows. Even if you're not a Christian, there's certain stories that everybody knows, I think, for the most part. First Corinthians 13, I think everybody knows that one really, really well, the love chapter, right? So for me, I was like, yeah, I always, I always read that chapter, but you bypass a lot of these other chapters all the time, okay? So for me, 1 Corinthians 12 is one of those ones I think I bypassed a lot, and I just kind of went right into like 1 Corinthians 13 because it was so good. All right, so we've got a lot of reading to do, so bear with me here, guys. But you guys can follow along. We're going to start off with the first 11 verses, okay? So verses 1 to, to 11. It says, Now that the gifts of the spirits, brother and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan somehow, or others you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Verse 3. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. Or no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. Come on. Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestations of the Spirit is given for a common good. To one there is given through a spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Amen? All right. So, the Corinthian church, okay, they were, I'm going to say, misusing the gifts, okay? The, the gifts are meant to do what? Edify the church, build up the church, right? And they were starting to use the gifts for the, the complete opposite thing. They were using them to like, hold themselves higher than other people, or maybe they were thinking like, oh, I'm just not good enough because I'm not functioning at a higher level as some of these other people were, okay? So it's, it's a good thing for us to read. It's a good warning. Uh, verse 11 again, it says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, okay? He distributes them to each one just as he determines. God gives us the gifts, all right? Tell the person beside you who gives you the gift. God gives you the gifts, Okay? Tell that person beside you, God gives you gifts. If nobody's sitting beside you, you say it to me, all right? So again, the spiritual gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit. Okay? You guys still with me? Yeah. Come on. All right, keep going here. Verse 12, we're going to go down to 12 to 27. Just as a body through one has many parts, say many parts, but all, but all its many parts one body, so it is with Christ. 
For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, it would not for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I should not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there is many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with a special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there would be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Amen? Okay. So again, those first kind of like five, five, first five to like verse 10, Paul's kind of showing that people who don't think they belong really belong, right? And then that verse from 12 to 27 there, it's those people who are puffing up their chest, right? There's people who are really flowing in their gifts, thinking that their gifts are better to be better than everybody else. He's like, no, right? He's diffusing all that. Um, I love how Paul uses the body. I used to be a personal trainer for many years, so I I have some knowledge. I'm not going to say I know the body. I have some knowledge of the body. Uh, So when I read things in the Bible and it speaks to my language, I'm like, yes, I got this. Um, So let's think of the body as a muscle, right? Okay, so if we don't use our muscles, what happens? They atrophied, right? Okay, so muscle dystrophy. The problem's not in the brain, it's not in the head, it's between the muscle and the nerve, right? The brain is always sending out signals to the body, always telling the hand which way to go, foot which way to go. If I need to kinda give one of my kids a little sidekick on the, no, I'm joking. Um, but it tells the, tells the body what to do, right? And so muscle dystrophy, if we're not using it, there's something going on there, right? But again, remember, the problem is never in the brain. It's always in between the nerve and the muscle. God is what? He is the head, and we are the hands and feet. Okay? So the problem isn't with the head. It's with the hands and the feet, right? He's always speaking to us. And the opposite is true. If we're using our muscles all the time, guess what? We're going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? If I'm at the gym, I'm pumping iron all the time, eating the right foods, guess what? I'm going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, honestly though, right? We're going to get stronger. We're going to be healthier, okay? So take that to your gifts now. If we're not flowing in our gifts, if we're not functioning in our gifts, what's going to happen with our gifts? We're not going to grow in our giftings, right? 
But if we use our gifts on a regular basis, like we go to the gym on a regular basis, those gifts are going to grow. All right? Again, if you're new here, I welcome you guys, but I'm going to try to get you talking a lot, okay? Okay, so we want our gifts to grow. I'm going to get, um, where's Mary and Aaron? Right there. I need you guys. Um, see that big, heavy table over there? I'm going to need that big, heavy table. And I'm going to get Lloyd up here, too. I need that cooler as well. I spent a lot of time prepping what's about to happen. Okay? So, so right out front here, guys. So I have three. I need... Uh, I need Amanda to come up as well. I'm going to throw some people on the spot this morning. Who else wants to come up? Travis, I'll get you to come up too. This is where everybody's putting their head down. Kari, I'll get you to come up. Four, five. Amy, you can come up. Lisa, I need ten people, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Kathy, Karen, you want to come up? I apologize now if my numbers aren't correct, okay? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Good. All right. So, we have something fun that they're going to do and we get to watch, okay? Um, can everybody just kind of take something out of here for me? We don't need the frozen stuff here. That's okay. So, everybody take something out. It's a big decision because you don't know what's happening. My wife doesn't even know what's happening. Uh, we live in the same household. We have a great marriage, but it's just like, when I'm speaking, I like to keep surprises. When she speaks, she like will run through her whole sermon with me. But when I'm speaking, I'm like, Shh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen today. It's got to be a surprise. All right. So everybody's got something? Oh, somebody's missing something, isn't there? All right. All right, I'm going to need, uh, David, you want to come up too? I'm going to switch you. You get this. Zucchini. And you're going to get the salt. All right? So, we are, well, when I say we are, they are going to be making a recipe this morning. One of my favorite things, which is zucchini muffins. Okay? Now, if we had a stove in here, that would be perfect, but we don't, so that will have to, that will be Okay? So, everybody's going to play a part here this morning, okay? We're going to make a recipe together, okay? So, Lloyd, I need you to, to break the eggs into there for me. Uh, who's got my dry ingredients? Who's got the flour? Travis, you can throw the flour in there. I'm going to try to multitask as we do this. Are you guys still with me here? Yes? Come on. I'm trying to do this. I've never done this before. I'm hoping this goes really well, okay? And if it doesn't, you guys are such an amazing group of people that you guys can encourage me and encourage me and encourage me so much that I just leave here feeling so good today. All right, so we got the eggs in here. We got the flour in here. I need my oil. Who's got my oil? Kari's got my oil. It's going in with the eggs. Who's got my salt? David, you got my salt. I need a teaspoon of salt. So I'll let you figure that one out. All the oil goes in there. This is exciting stuff, right? Who likes cooking shows? Who thought they were going to come this morning and do a live cooking show? I've always, always, always wanted to do a live cooking show. And guess what? That's a check mark off my bucket list. Thank you. I didn't even think of that when I did this, but it's, it's flowing now, okay? We got our salt in here. Where's my sugar? All right. This is not a, the healthiest of recipes, okay? So 
Close your eyes if you're against sugar. Sugar is going to go in with my eggs and oil. Who's got the... Don't look at the sugar, okay? Cinnamon. Who's got my cinnamon? Karen, you've got my cinnamon. It's going to go in here too. Uh, It's going to be a tablespoon. One tablespoon of cinnamon. That's a big one. All right. Who's got my vanilla? All right. You're going to put the vanilla in here. You can just wing it. Just do like a splash. I like vanilla a lot. I'm a big fan. Uh, Is that a tablespoon? Sure, right? Sounds good. All right. Who's got my baking soda? Baking soda. Two teaspoons of baking soda, baking powder. How much do we need in? A quarter teaspoon. I thought you would have had that. Who's got my zucchini? Oh, my goodness. I should have started with you right away. Uh, The grater. Is it in here still? She's... Okay, so you guys can teamwork it. That's where I was missing. So you guys can grade the zucchini. There's no knife. All right, so we're going to game plan how to figure it out. So if you've already done your job, you, you can sit down. Sorry. Thank you. Um, ooh. Mary, do you want to whisk it up for me? There's. This. Now, I didn't think of the cleanup part, so... I can have some volunteers at the very end for the cleanup. would be amazing. God is good, right? Come on. Okay. So why they're doing this part here, I can put down my recipe. This is like a family recipe. I hope it's okay that I'm like showing everybody this family recipe. Man, marrying into this family. I'm not going to talk about food too much. I like food a lot, as you can tell. It's a main theme of my message here this morning, but... It's dangerous. Okay, so, we're not talking about that. Okay, so, a recipe. There's a lot of analogies that can come from a recipe, isn't there? Okay, so I'm going to try to keep this together, keep it simple. Um, Would this recipe turn out if we skip a step? No. Would the recipe turn out if we decide not to put an ingredient in? No? Right? It's not going to turn out. It's not going to be the same that it should be. Okay. Um, Now, again, I'm not a professional baker. I'm not a professional cook. But I have seen my fair share of cooking shows or baking shows. My daughter loves baking shows, and I try to watch them with her. So I've seen a lot and a lot of of baking shows. And just to recommend, because I had some people in here that like baking shows, right? A few of you. Three? Three people? Four people? Okay. Do not watch baking shows. You're not going to Instagram and look up tasty food right before bedtime because it is torture, all right? It is torture. I have a serious sweet tooth, and if I look up anything, like, you know, I have this desire at, like, 10 o'clock at night, like, go on Instagram or put on something and, like, start looking at food. Be like, oh, this would be fun to make, but it just is torture to the body, so don't do it, okay? But the point is, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes, right? Every person up here had a special part to play in the recipe. If we would have skipped one person, guess what? The recipe wouldn't turn out. If we would have skipped a step, again, the recipe wouldn't turn out. And again, knowing somewhat about baking, there's a certain order things need to go into a recipe, right? If you put something in before something else, sometimes that throws off a recipe, doesn't it? If um, you whisk it too much, right? If you whisk it too much, that could throw (laughs) off the recipe too. Okay? And even the temperature of certain ingredients can throw off a recipe. So what's the point? 
The point is, everybody has a special part to play in the body. Okay? It's not just one person. You know, Amy and I are very passionate, but it's not just about us being up at the front. It's a body of people. It's a body of people. We're not going to reach the loss effectively if it's just one person on board. It takes a people to reach the loss, okay? And uh, how are we doing? You guys good? Great. So it's really done. I'm done with this, but we're going to let them keep going uh, because I get to eat this this afternoon, okay? (laughs) So just encourage them right now. I was telling... um, Somebody this morning, this could be abuse of power, bringing in ingredients and making people put it together so I get to eat it this afternoon. So if it is an abuse of power, I really apologize for that kind of, uh, but my stomach will thank you guys all later. Thank you guys, that's good. Awesome, yeah, you guys can clap for them, they were amazing. Now if it doesn't turn out, I will be messaging each and every one of you that put that together and I will let you know. Did we go a little crazy on the salt? Salt of the world, that's what he's going for. We are the salt, all right? So, thank you. All right, 2017, Houston, Texas. They were having, like, crazy flooding on their streets. In 2017, in Houston, Texas, there was this elderly man. He was in his SUV, and he got trapped inside his SUV because of the roads got completely covered uh, in water, in this rain. So I saw this video, and his truck was like all the way up to the top of uh, the hood, the hood of his truck. So he's trapped in there, right? And all of a sudden, these passengers come by, and these passengers see this elderly man trapped in his truck. And they did this amazing thing as they stopped for him, and they created a chain, a human chain. So some of these people were up on dry land holding onto this post, and they just all held each other's hands all the way out to this elderly man's SUV. And so the people, they started on dry land, and as they got closer and closer and closer to his SUV, all of a sudden, like, you start seeing the water getting higher and higher and higher up on, this, up on their bodies, right? And so the, I can't remember exactly how many people were there. It was like 15 to 20 people that stopped for this man and created this human chain and were able to get him out. They were able to pry the door open and get him out to safety. And it's such a beautiful picture of what the church should be. You know, did they know who this man was? Probably not, right? But yet these people were risking their lives because that water's moving hard. These people were risking their lives to save this man. And I think it's easy for us to think of the people on the dry land as, oh, that's great, you stopped. But was that job really that important? You know, it's easy for us to kind of be like, well, maybe not, right? You know, and then as we, as we get out further, as the water gets deeper, as the water gets pushing harder, we're like, oh, those people, those are the heroes. They're the ones that, like, really risk their lives, right? It's easy for us to think that, right? In the world's eyes, it's easy for us to think of the people who lifted the man out. Those are the heroes, right? Not this person that was way over here holding onto the post. They were just holding onto a post. But at anywhere along that human chain, anywhere, if that was to break it would have been game over, right? Possibly, right? Anywhere along that chain, if it's to break, it's over. It's done, right? It's broken. And again, in the church, it's easy to think of the people we see at the front being like, oh, those are the people of the church, right? But it's not. 
every single person plays a very, 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 say a very, 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 say it again for me, thank you, part of the church, don't we? Every single person. I think it was Garland who said it, or David who said it, or both you guys were saying it this morning. I'm like, guys, this is my message. Be quiet. But we all play an important part in the body, right? And so when I have guys like that or people like that saying those things, it's, it's encouragement because you know the Holy Spirit's moving, right? You know the Holy Spirit's, okay, this is, this is supposed to be said this morning, right? But everybody played a very important part in that rescue, Okay? So when we look at our human body, again, we see the things on the outside. We see our hands. We see our feet. But the human body is really made up of a bunch of what? A bunch of complicated systems working together for, to make up one body, okay? So all of our giftings, we all function at a different level, right? We all have different giftings, right? And we need to be thankful for each and every one of the gifts in the church, right? We've got to stop playing that comparison game of... Yeah, sound man, Davey, thank you, everybody who helps with sound. All the jobs are just as important as the other one. Are you guys with me? Right? So it's very easy to look at people in the front and be like, oh, you know, we get unhappy, we start complaining about it, we start to feel left out because it's like, oh, I wish I was up there, right? I'm gifted, I should be the one up there. But we as a church really need to start celebrating the body. Say the body. I need to make sure you guys are with me. The body, we've got to celebrate the body, okay? Uh, Romans 12 says to eagerly serve the Lord, okay? Eagerly serve the Lord. Serve him with everything you have. Are we serving him with everything we have, or are we too busy, this might hurt a little bit, complaining about where we're at? You know, just a couple days ago as I'm praying into this message and talking with Amy about it, it's just like, you know, it's easy to go on to the, onto Facebook or onto a social media platform and see the, the clashing of people, right? We're arguing about this, we're arguing about that, we're not happy about this, we're not happy about that. But what would happen if we started to build the church up? Right? And I'm not saying, you got to hear me, I'm not saying that as a church body we just lay down and accept things. That's not what I'm saying. But what I think is really, really important is that we ask Holy Spirit for more wisdom regarding those kind of outlets, okay? Because before I was a Christian, you know, I would look at Christians and be like, I have no desire to want anything that they're, that they're into because, you know, they're arguing or they just were kind of to themselves, right? What drew me to Jesus was seeing Christians who were passionate, who are loving. That's what drew me in. That's was like, man, that's what I want. Whatever they have, that's what I want, okay? Now, we're going to find things in a church that we're not a big fan of, of course, right? We're going to see like, oh, worship was, was too long or the speaking's too long. Nobody's going to say that this morning, of course. Kids are too loud, right? We're all going to have something. What, what do we do when we're not happy with something? We, we hop ship. We're like, oh, I'm going to go check out here. I'm like, oh, you know, their worship is great, but that church, their coffee's better. So mornings where I want a good cup of coffee, I'm going to go to here because their coffee's amazing. But man, mornings where I want good worship, man, I'm definitely coming here because their worship is incredible, right? When we're not happy about something, we, we jump ship. We, we go to the where we want to go. 
instead, instead of building up the church. All right, we've got to build each other up. Leave room for mistakes. Because where I'm going with all this is, where do we put our energy into? Would you say, ask yourself this question right now, is your time and your energy important? Yes? We'd all say our time and our energy is important, right? And where are we investing that time and energy? If we're investing it into things that we're not happy about, guess what? We're wasting a lot of our time and energy. But think of it on the other end. If you start investing that time and energy into building up the body, what do you think would happen? Building up the body. It's through the love of Jesus that leads man to repentance, right? It's through his love that leads man to repentance. Um, Thinking to kind of going back with things that we're not happy about, you know, we Google... Google, they say you scratch your knee, right, and you Google symptoms. You're like, oh, I'm having these kind of symptoms, so you Google it. What's going to pop up on Google? That scratch on your knee is death, right? (laughs) Googling anything, no matter what it is, it's going to lead to death. No matter what it is, you can write that. You can say Adam quoted that. It's crazy, but it's true, right? No matter what it is, it leads to death, right? So stop Googling it. What do we do when we're in pain? When the body's in pain, what do we do? We go see a professional, don't we? Google's not a professional, okay? We go see a professional. We go see if it's a muscle pain. We'll see somebody in that field that involves, that can make muscles better. I was a personal trainer for years, so I had tons of people coming in with muscle pain. And it's just like I've gone through the training to help deal with the body and help get through those kind of pains and training injuries and stuff like that, right? We go see a professional, Right? We take care of our bodies when it's hurting, don't we? When the body's hurting, we take care of it because if the body's hurting, what's happening? It's not functioning at 100%, is it? Just like in the church, if somebody's hurting in the church, the church isn't going to be functioning where it could be. It will still be functioning, right? Just like you, you hurt your knee, your body's still functioning, but not at that same level that it could be at. And just like in the church, if somebody's suffering, it's not functioning at the level that it could be. And do we want our church to function at the level that it should be? That's when we all shout amen to that, right? We do. Okay? Does everybody know Danny Silk? Who in here knows Danny Silk? So a good number of people. So Danny Silk, I I absolutely love Danny Silk's teaching. He was... uh, one of the pastors in Reading, California, there at Bethel for many years. He's kind of doing his own uh, thing with Jesus culture now. Uh, but Danny Silk, I was listening to one of his sermons online, and he tells this really good story. He was back when he was first started pastoring at Bethel with Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin. Um, Bill was going to be away on one of their Sunday night services, I believe it was. And Bill's like, Danny, can you come and speak this night for me? Because I'm not going to be here. And Danny's like, uh, yes, for sure. Danny Silk likes to use media. He likes to use like video clips to make his sermons more interesting. And Bill Johnson at that time was like, no, that's not really our thing, so don't do that. Uh, but with Bill Johnson being away, Danny Silk is like, this is the perfect time for me to bring in a video clip. And so sure enough, Sunday night comes, Danny makes these video clips, and somehow, he doesn't explain how it happens, but somehow this video plays that's got a swear word in it in front of their whole church. And Danny's like, oh my goodness, this is the end of me. 
right away, a woman from the back comes up, talks to Chris Valentin in the front, and she just leaves the church. And Danny's like, this is it, I'm done. And so anyways, Bill Johnson comes back a couple days later. They have a big board meeting halfway through the week, and Danny Silk's like, oh, I know exactly what this board meeting's about. I am the person on the agenda. I'm already packing my bags because that's, this is over. And Bill Johnson comes out after a couple of hours, and he walks up to Danny, and Danny's heart, he's like, my heart was just racing. And, he's, and Bill Johnson's like, Danny, I'm going to be away on Sunday night. Can you speak again? And Danny, like, <laughs> fell on the floor, like, What? I just like messed up so bad in front of everybody in the church. But yet this man has given me another opportunity, right? And I think as a church, we're so quick to throw things out, right? We mess up. So it's just like, there's no place for you. You've, you've messed up, right? You've messed up your, there's the door, right? But when you think of, of that situation, What's said, you know, has a big effect on what happens, right? But Bill Johnson saw, you know, the leader and Danny saw who Danny really was. And he's just like, Danny, I love you so much. You know, I'm giving you another chance, right? He just poured into him. And as a church, we need to pour into the body. Amen? It's a crazy story, isn't it? The fact that that's a true story. So I'm always afraid to ever use any video clips. So I think we were renting... um, where were we? The Sports Plaza, somewhere else, Activity Center. That's where we first originally met for like a couple of months. And my second time preaching, I was like, I used a video clip, and I was just like, it was just too stressful. I don't want to work out. But. <laughs> All right. I got another verse here. John 17, 20 to 23. This is uh, Jesus praying this right before he goes to the cross. It says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. So all of them may be one, Father, just as you and I are one. May they also be in us, so that the world may see and believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So you got to think about that one for a minute. This is his prayer right before going to the cross, that there would be such oneness in the body. Right? Just let that soak in for a second the prayer that Jesus prayed before going to the cross, that there would be such a oneness in the body. Who's the body? We all are, right? Right, not just catch the fire, right? The church is the body. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And his prayer was that we would be in such a oneness that people would see that and believe in him. Right? It's a touchy subject, isn't it? Because again, we're going to see things, hear things that's just like, I don't know about that. But again, for me, it's where am I investing my time and my energy? Am I more going to be more worried about all that stuff? Or am I going to focus on building up the body so we can go out and do what Jesus told us to do? You guys are still with me, right? 
All right, I'm going to finish this up. Because I think you guys get the point. So right after 1 Corinthians 12, what's the next chapter? 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. After that chapter is 1 Corinthians 14, right? 12, 13, 14. Makes sense, doesn't it? It goes back into speaking in tongues. It goes back into talking about gifts again. Right smack in the middle of those gifts is love. Right? Love. It says, I should read this too because it's really good, right? Okay. So 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all, the process, all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we all know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, it will all but disappear. I'm going to stop it there. Verse 8. Love never stops loving. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond all the gifts. Right? I can pray for healing for somebody on the street. God heals them. It's incredible. It's amazing. We celebrate that, right? I'm like, oh, that's amazing, and off I go. What good was that if I don't share the love of Jesus, right? If this person doesn't know who Jesus is, again, it's amazing to see him, but I don't reveal who the healer is. Then what good is it, right? Again, it's amazing they're going to be pain-free, but we miss the point, right? Uh, I, I saw this earlier in the week, and it was just like, gifts are a container, okay? Say this is a container. Gifts are a container, and love is what's inside the container. We use that container to go out and meet people, right? Go out and bless the church, build up the church, but it's what's inside the container. Okay, so this is my take-home for you guys. The gifts are to build up the church, but if we aren't love-focused quickly, the gifts become a playground for jealousy. So the gifts are to build up the church, but if we aren't love-focused quickly, the gifts become a playground for jealousy, okay? I'm going to get you guys to stand up. It was either Bene Brown, uh, Bene Brown, did I say that right? Something like that, sorry. Uh, or Chris Valentin that said this. Uh, they were talking about um, you know, the worst thing in life is to be alone, right? We've probably, a lot of us have heard that saying, uh, but one of them were like, no, actually the worst thing in life is to be in a room full of people, but feel alone, to feel that you don't belong. And I don't know where John Berger is right now, but he, um, he's back there. 
back when we first came to this building, he made this slide that said, Welcome Home. You know, that was our slide when you walk in to Welcome Home. And that first year, we had so many people email us or talk to me about when they walked through the doors, they saw that slide, and they just felt like they belonged. They felt like they were in a family. And again, I said this this earlier, that is our heart, that this place would be a place where you feel like you belong, this place where you feel welcomed, right? And so that's our heart, is that this is a safe place where you belong. And so that's where I wanted to to pray into this morning, um, because again, 1 Corinthians 12, 22, each and everyone in the body is indispensable. Say indispensable. 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 What does that mean? It means it's an absolute necessary, right? It's an essential. Each part of the body is essential. That's what I want you to go home with today, that you belong. So I'm going to get you guys just to close your eyes. David, if I could get you just to usually use the laptop, but I have the laptop, so Davey's got no music for me. So this morning, as I was praying into this, I was feeling like God is just wants to speak to our hearts this morning and break off any lie that we don't belong. You know, maybe there's been things from our, from our past, things from our, our childhood where, you know, we weren't felt welcome, where we weren't felt that we belonged. And again, we will go from church to church, we'll go from job to job, we'll go from relationship to relationship because we have that feeling that we just don't belong. But I want to encourage every single person here this morning that Holy Spirit is saying that you belong. You belong. I just want you, just with your eyes closed right now, just say those words. You can say it out loud if you need to. You can say it just in your head if you need to. But I belong.